Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 540 for the week of April 18th, 2020. And I am your host, Anna Marie Privetier. Good morning, everyone. We have a full cast today. Morning. Good, good morning. So we have Kelly and Josh and Alex and Peter and Chris. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's been an interesting week because it's been really quiet in terms of RPGs, but it's been really noisy in terms of like the industry in general. But before we hop into the news, of course, the thing that we have to do is what have you been playing? So I'm going to go first because I feel like monopolizing the time. So Chris and I have been playing Persona 5 Royal and we're finally caught up to the present at 100 hours. (laughs) Sounds about right. So it took you um, that long to get to April 18th. It took you that long to get to April 18th. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got to play in real time, like Animal Crossing. Oh, Oh, no. That would be bad. (laughs) So um, for those kind of unfamiliar with the structure of Persona 5, and there might be very minor spoilers in here. So if you're like, I don't want to be spoiled on absolutely anything at all, this is your time to like, jump forward 15 minutes um so the way that persona 5 is structured is at the very beginning of the game you are escaping from a casino and arrested by the police and being interrogated very forcefully but you don't have a concept of when that happens because immediately as that sort of interrogation gets intense it jumps to the start the actual start of the game which is like, what, April 13th or April 14th? Mm -hmm. And so you have no context, no real good context about what the hell that was until you play, 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 and it's November 18th, and you catch up to the casino escape and the interrogation. And so we're finally back to the present time and moving forward from the casino which is a big deal because the next two dungeons are blur. It's very interesting having that game play out like basically one long flashback. Yeah, it it really is. And it's neat because you cut back and forth every time like you unlock a new um, social link to back to the interrogation with the lady. And she's like, you must have had someone who was helping you with your guns. And that's when you unlock the hanged man. Where it's like, you must have had a master strategist on your side. These plans were way too good for a high schooler. And that's when you unlock the shogi master. And so I love how they they do a really neat job tying together, like, the president, all the flashbacks and stuff. So I'm I'm trying to think of other games that played in a flashback. And the only one that's coming to mind is, like, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Longest five minutes. Oh, yeah. It's literally the entire premise of the game. Right. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I really like that game, but I feel like it kind of flew under the radar for like everybody. And even I didn't play it at first. It took me quite a while to get to it. But once I did, I was like, yeah, I love this game. It's such a cool premise. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Cold Steel 1 and 3 both, they're not totally played out as flashbacks, but they have that aspect to them. Right. Yeah. That's true. So. It's a neat mechanic. It it has to be used well, but I find that most games that utilize it do tend to do it well. Um, yeah. 
So we are down a lot of the social links. Um, I hear it's a lot easier to get like money and experience in the royal version than it was in the original. Right. So I think I've talked about this a little bit last week, but um, in case you didn't, don't listen every week. Um, there is a new person called Jose that hangs out in mementos and you can gather stamps based on how many floors that you go down. So every floor has a stamp machine at the down docking and then some of them will have random stamps hidden throughout the various floors. You trade those stamps to alter mementos and you can um, put stamps into either increased experience, increased money, or increased items. So the little diamonds and cages that are on the floor, those are the items. And so I noticed, so I pumped up items a little bit, and I noticed that as I was pumping up items, I was actually getting a lot more flowers. So I pumped items to the absolute max. And now I'm in the process of pumping money. And so, yeah, I did a quote-unquote quick um, jaunt into mementos. It took me less than two hours, and I came out with over 2 million yen. And when I sold off the items, I was at 3 million yen. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, I should kind of blow a couple million yen just, like, fusing personas that are way above my level. (laughs) Uh, I remember money being a huge issue in the original. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. And it's a stopping gate for a lot of things because there's all of these um, things that you want to do to, like, improve your social stats. And there's uh, social links that require money to activate them and use their abilities. And so, like, um, I did feel really money starved for, like, 90% of the original Persona game. And this, I was like, money? Whatevs. <laughs> I I remember, like, debating whether I should spend the 200 yen to go, like, out of zone in the original game. It's like, can I really afford that? It's like, Beep. now I'm like, $2. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go to all the places and just see who's hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we are, uh, we're still enjoying it? Yes? Yes. Yes. I'm starting, I'm glad we're finally getting to the new content though because i'm was, I was about out of steam on watching you play yeah because you don't do the things i want to do and it's like i'm losing interest with this so i'm glad we're getting into new stuff well and we're also getting to social links that we didn't finish in the original game yeah like haru there's we didn't prioritize her and we just ran out of time to finish her mm-hmm. yeah um and we i don't think we ever finished herifant in the original he's done now um, we, we did. Never, oh, I don't remember finishing. Yeah, we we did. I remember okay. because of what he said. I remember oh, okay. that conversation. Um, we definitely didn't finish the gun guy. The gun guy nope. is cool now. Yeah. Cause, um, is he? Yeah, because he provides upgrades to your gun. Mm. So you can. Uh, so there's three different ways you can customize. The gun your guy's gun. cool because guns. I like. Because guns. Because <laughs> guns. Cause guns. guns. Oh, I've lived in the States for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he can do one of three things to personalize your gun. One, he can straight up increase the power. Boom. Done. Um, number two, he can straight up increase the accuracy, which for like Ryuji and On, super helpful. Because On's gun is, you can't aim her gun. She just kind of sprays and prays. Um, and Ryuji can't hit the side of a barn. Um, and the third thing that you can do is you can lower the power slightly and add a status effect to the gun. 
So like you can have bullets that like shoot shocking. And I have a I had a slingshot for Magana for a long time that like put things to sleep. So that's cool. And you can actually get abilities that like increase the chance of you doing those things with your guns. So it's like, yeah. New aspect of play. Wee. And I don't remember if this is in the original, it might have been. There's now a network fusion where you put up one of your personas and you get to pick from a list of a bunch of other personas other people randomly put up and you can fuse them together. I think that's new. Because, like, a lot of the personas that people put up there are swiggity swag. They have, like, reflect physical and, like, absorb um, dark and stuff like that, like things that the hero is traditionally kind of weak against. So, yeah, that's been fun. Um, I also played a PC game this week, which is really weird for me. Uh, I played Ancient Enemy. And I don't... Kelly might remember this, but a few years ago, I played a game called Royal Solitaire. And I was like, it's solitaire with RPG sort of storytelling and leveling up. And I had tons of fun with it. This is by the same people. And this is even more of an RPG. So it's that solitaire game where it's like you have um, a, a pile like a discard pile and the top number on there, you you can play a card that's either one up or one down from there. So if it's a five, you can play a four or six. Um, and there's three suits and those suits give you charge up magic spells and then you go, wee, and you throw the magic spell at the enemy and the enemies have resistances. So you have to change up which magic spells that you're using. And it's really fun. It's like solitaire with a point. And I like that. Um, and then I played some more Rune Factory 4 special. I finished the first arc and I'm in the process of the second arc and I think I'm level 80 something. I, I I get distracted by fighting and forget to farm, but I spent two weeks, no, three in-game weeks being like, I'm not leaving the town. I'm just going to farm. And that helped. I'm over a thousand RP now and that makes me happy. I've got to finish in that game. I'm like hopelessly lost in the Empire dungeon right now. And because I keep going back to it sporadically, I forget where I am. Oh, is the map not helping you? It's like all of this. It's a dungeon that has a lot of teleportation. And a lot of stuff looks the same. Right. I think I ended up writing down. I think I ended up making a map on some paper for that one. Yeah. So I've got like, you've got to like unlock three different locks and I've got like one of three unlocked and I need to just go in and force myself through it. But well, um, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually bring two people with you. Ah, uh, yeah. So... I, I don't know if I only brought like one pet with me. I actually need to bring like a, my pet and my waifu. Yeah. And I mean, you can bring two, two pets, you can bring two people or you can bring a pet and a waifu. It's all up to you. Mm. So I got to figure out who I'm going to waifu because I played as a girl last time and I married Vishnal because it was really easy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of thinking Leon or maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to. Leon is the fox guy, right? Yeah, he's the guy with the fan. Yeah, that's who I'm trying to woo right now. But he um, he requires his favorite thing is um, Grilled poison fish. rainbow trout. Yeah. So. I have to, like, go buy a bunch of them every week. Yeah, he likes all grilled fish, so I've just been throwing grilled fish at him because it's really easy to make. (laughs) I just have to be careful because if I'm not paying attention, I end up cooking a bunch of salted fish, and he doesn't like those. Yeah. 
because <laughs> I'm like, I'm just flipping through the tool. So, oh, and I got way behind on eating weapon bread. So I'm like, I've been farming I'm sorry, gold. What? <laughs> Come again? Okay. The way that you learn new recipes in this game mm-hmm. is you eat bread. Oh, of course. So there's cooking bread, there's weapon bread, there's tool bread, there's accessory bread, and uh, there's medicine bread. Okay. So the thing is, is I I kind of like just forgot to eat weapon bread for a while. I think I was like almost to the end of summer before I'm like, oh, I should probably eat some weapon bread. So I've I've downed like a hundred weapon bread loaves, and I'm still not caught up. Yeah, I can never remember which like level of bread that I'm maxed out on at any given time. I know I know I'm usually maxed out on medicine bread because I can never like make enough medicine to level up. Oh, my medicine's one of my highest ones because I planted a ton of flowers in the spring and summer. Mm. I unlocked the second field on the left hand side. And so, like, all of them, when I planted all the summer plants in the main field um, that were all, like, replenishable, you don't pull them up and finish. It's, like, peppers and um, cucumbers and tomatoes and stuff, or strawberries, and they all, like, regenerate, and you don't have to replant them. I'm like, oh, I have no room to put flowers anymore. So I opened up the second field, and I just, all flowers, except for some trees. That's funny. Yep, that's been my Rune Factory 4 special. Josh! Josh, you haven't yeah. been on in a few weeks because you've been playing something you couldn't talk about before now. But tell us all about your waifus. <laughs> my waifus? Yeah, my waifu game. Um, yeah, like after God, a well over a decade of being gone, Sacro Wars is finally returning to uh, consoles. And... Uh, <clears throat> So I've been playing that. The game is a soft reboot of the series. It still takes place in the same universe. Like they've kind of like flash forward a decade and they've kind of like written the rest, the earlier casts out of the game. Like um, they've basically set set it up so that like there was a big like battle between all of the uh, combat reviews kind of like worked together against the arch demon. And they all kind of got wiped out in this battle where they were able to seal away the arch demon. So, you know, like all, you know, kind of like wiping the slate clean, we're getting rid of all the old cast. So you don't, you know, like you can come in and play this brand new, <laughs> no, no knowledge, no previous knowledge of the series is necessary. Although there's plenty of, you know, uh, like little hints for the longtime fans. Not that there are. I, I think this is a weird game where probably more people in the West are fans of like the anime spinoffs than of the actual video games. Because the only one that ever came out here was So Long My Love on the PS2 and Wii. And the anime at least was like reasonably popular in the early aughts. But. Anyway, it's this is another Sacro Wars game. You're the the main character is a former Navy, uh, <laughs> a Navy captain who lost his ship to a demon, even though they locked away the the he big what? evil. Huh? <laughs> he, what? He, what? <laughs> he lost his ship to a demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Even though they locked away. Even though they locked away the arch demon, you know, there's still demons that that are, you know, coming up and threatening the world. So, yeah, he lost his ship fighting a demon in the I think it was like in the South China Sea or something like that. I think that's lost as in blown up, not lost as in lost in the bed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
or not like oh he left it at the dock and then came back and was it wasn't there anymore like no 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 lost at sea <laughs> so he's been reassigned he he's gotten this new job as being the uh, the head of the flower division like they're basically trying to reconstitute the flower division and uh, oh so this the, is in the, Japan yeah yeah okay it's set back in Tokyo. And now, like I said, now we've jumped forward 10 years. So now we're in, not in like late 20s, early 30s. Now I think it's about like 1940 in in game. But like it's still still steampunk still, of course, a very, very specifically, it's still the Taisho era. So we're, we're still in that weird little uh, time period between like the reinstallation of the uh, the end of the Shogunate and before, you know, things before we went down the path towards World War II, basically. That's kind of where the Taisho era fits in Japanese history. Gotcha. So still in that, and of course, you know, like now he's, our main characters come in, he's the new head. Uh, there's, there is one re- returning character uh, who was in the first couple of games, Sumire. She was kind of the kind of the uh, Sundere character in the first couple of games, and she's she's back, and she's actually now kind of like heading up the uh, theater, and running it and trying to rebuild it. Oh, neato! But it's yeah, yeah, same same voice actress, same Japanese voice actress has played it, you know, way back when, ten, twelve years ago or whatever. So, what they're they're trying to rebuild it, but I mean the things. You know, things have fallen on hard times. The theater's kind of run down. They, they've had to fall. They've had to fall back on calling on the uh, Shanghai Combat Review to come and actually defend Tokyo from demons. So they're you know kind of like building up from the bottom, building building it back up from the bottom up. And but for, you know, like fortunately, I guess you could say fortunately for them, there's there's this uh, World Combat Review Games that's coming up, and it's going to be hosted in Tokyo. So that's kind of like their impetus for trying to rebuild. They're wanting to enter that competition and win the competition between all the different combat reviews from all over the world that will be coming to compete. And of course, this being uh, Sakura Wars, it's more than just, you know, there, there's the dual aspects to the game where it's... Uh, it, it, there, there's fighting in their mecha, and then there's also, of course, you're putting on plays and entertaining. Of course, people. right? Because of course, you know, <laughs> this series has always been just goofy like that. Um, yeah, it, it's it still maintains like a lot of the. I, I think what I've been enjoying about it is like it maintains a lot of that same goofiness and same uh, fun that the original series had. Um, it's still. It still employs the lips system that that the original games were famous for, where every so, you know, like a lot of this game, it's a very heavy uh, text, you know, a heavy story game. There's just tons and tons of story sections between actual combat. And that was true in the original games as well. And the way they break it up, rather than just having simple choices like most rpgs do you know like something some question will come up and you have like four different options uh what they've always done in uh the sacro wars games is they have like you'll have like three different options and you'll have a timer and you'll have to pick either one of those three options and you may only have sometimes you'll only have just like a couple of seconds to pick something really quick or you always have the option of not picking anything at all and then sometimes that that actually not saying anything at all can sometimes be kind of like the best option. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and the options are usually like it, it, it's not usually quite as like clear cut of like uh, it'll be three distinct options, but they won't always be clear cut, like which one is exactly the best one to pick for any situation. They'll all, you know, like and and, uh, plenty of times in the game, you'll pick something where you think like, oh, well, you know, I'll I'll console everyone. I'll tell everyone everything's going to it looks bad, but everything's going to be okay. And then everyone will just look at you like, "Are, are you crazy? Things are terrible right now. What's wrong with you? Can't you see how terrible things are? We we don't need false hope right now. We need a realist. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but like, it, it's I, I think it captures a lot of that. I think one of the things I like about it, like it, it still feels like a even though you know it's being made here in 2020 now, it still feels like an early 2000s game. Um, so many of these kind of games these days have kind of become, yeah, yeah, the the series where. Or, or, you know, the setup where you've got like the five or six girls and you have the one guy, almost all of them kind of turn into harem kind of situations where all of the girls are just, you know, totally after the one guy and are just head over heels thirsty for the main character. Uh, I mean, even ones I like, even like, tra- you know, even Trails of Cold Steel, like all of the girls are after Reen. And I'm just kind of like. You know, come on, guys. They, they, you know, they're all oh, Reen. <laughs> and and part of the thing that's nice about Sacro Wars, like certainly it's possible to take. Of course, you know they they've always let you do that. Go down any of the different paths and kind of woo any of the different girls. But it's very much like you're wooing one of the different girls. It's not like they're all just pining for the main character openly all the time. I think that like it's just nice and refreshing as a change from so many the wakes so many uh, games you know the anime influenced RPGs are these days. Interestingly enough, Final Fantasy VII Remake has kind of done a good job of not being that, and that only Jesse seems to be the one that's been blatantly Jesse's so wanting to get thirsty. <laughs> yeah, wanting to get in Cloud's pants. Like I said, it's fine if there's, like, one. It just kind of gets old when, you know, like, there's eight girls and they're all thirsty for the main character. And you're just like, you know, come on, guys. Do we really have to do this? <laughs> can't, can't we have some girl, some of the girls that aren't just totally all they're thinking about is getting into the main character's pants? <laughs> but so the, the story is, you know, you've got your different collection of girls. You've got the main character, Sakura, same as, of course, the original main character in the games who was also named Sakura. And conveniently enough, that original Sakura, like, saved the uh, new Sakura, like, when she was a kid from a demon. And, of course, she wanted to grow up and be, you know, be a big uh, uh, star of the uh, Flower Division, just like her hero was. And so she, you know, like, light and bubbly and wants to, you know, wants to become a main character. Um you have like the the shrine maiden, like the hot headed shrine maiden, Hachuo. You have a, of course, you have to have the obligatory child character because you know every Sakura Wars game has the obligatory child character, <laughs> which are you know varying levels of creepy. This one was this one's the lowest level of creepiness of the, of those characters, I think probably. They have like a Azumi who's like a thirteen year old ninja, who just as I was writing this down, she she like has a real thing for 
mochi and sweets and i just realized her last name was like mochizuki so i'm like oh okay they're they're playing off of that pun i didn't even realize that when i was playing the game um and then of course they've got some foreigners as well because they always have that they've got the anastasia who's like this really famous um uh actress from europe and they have a uh, of course a a uh blonde-haired noblewoman from luxembourg of all things who's like the resident uh, staff bookworm so you got a wide variety of different characters all the care all the it plays out the the sacro wars games have always played very much like an anime i mean they start they always start with an opening title screen all the all of the uh, chapters or episodes kind of end with a what happens next time on the on sacro wars and um all of the uh the, they break up the game every I don't know, like 45 minutes or so, like you get broke, uh, broken up with a uh, a screen where you can save and check on what the uh, character's uh, affection levels are. And uh, it, it's very much like an eye catch, like you would have like a for a commercial break in the middle of a of a uh, TV show or of an anime. <laughs> um, the RPG elements are just as um, light and vague as they've always been in the series. Um, it, it doesn't level up, you know, like a normal it never has. But this one continues that where there, there's not like it's not one of those situations where you just fight and kill lots of enemies and you get more experience and then you get to take, you know, level up your character. The actual levels in the game are totally dependent upon the relationship between the main character and the girls. And it's it's really kind of even vague to kind of see how that goes up because you can only like i said you can constantly keep track of like where what the char different characters affections levels are but you can't really see you can only see like how it changes like their hit points and attack and defense when you're actually in battles <laughs> and so it's like you have to kind of remember to look like okay what's the what are the little bars at this time in the battle and then when i come back you know a couple hours later and do another battle oh what are the bars at now like it's it's one of those things. It does go up. It uh, you know it does change, with depending on the affection levels. But like it, the, it doesn't even really matter in the combat. <laughs> um. Oh man, the combat though. Let's see. Oh geez, the the oh, big change. Oh no, in the series. that's not a good sign. Ah, uh, it's. Mm, mm, God, I I end up going with my usual like it's fine. <laughs> um, it's 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 they they've gone away you know it's always been a strategy rpg it's that's what all of the early games were all of the the first four i believe were all um traditional uh grid based strategy rpgs and i mean this this series dates back to pre, i mean heck it predates final fantasy tactics i mean it was one of the early uh uh sega saturn games so it, it goes back a long way. And so long, my love was like a kind of like a weird and interesting strategy RPG where they like eschewed grids and the characters could just like had free movement and all of them had their own different weapons. And so they all had like different attack patterns and they even had like some uh, different uh, sections where you could like transform their uh, robots into flying and they had like these flying RPG strategy RPG sections. It was like weird and interesting stuff. 
Um, this one has just gone in its regular um, action RPG, and it's uh, light attacks, heavy attacks. You combine them into combos. Um, the it's always done in terms of when they're in their mecha, their their kobu, or I think it's what they're still called. Um, it's um, it plays okay. They've because they're in mecha, like everything is a little bit. They've they've kind of made it to feel like you're in a mecha. It has a little bit of weight to it, so it, it's it's a little bit slow. And then they've also compensated that by you have this ability to just boost, and basically you can uh, you hold down the right trigger and you can just start speeding across the map. So you can like move from place to one place to another quite quickly. But then once you start getting in, like one of the main ways that they want you to uh, fight enemies is like you do have like a dodge button. And like a lot of action RPGs, like if you pull off a dodge of an enemy attack, like right at the last second, it basically kind of like freezes time essentially for like a couple of seconds. So you can wail on an enemy really hard. So that that's kind of like part of the way the combat goes is you're fighting a bunch of like trash mobs of enemies that are mostly fairly easy to beat and then you're as a part of doing that you're building up another gauge which lets you uh, pull off like special attacks and what what i've found is basically you just kind of want to save your special attacks and use them against the bosses because most of it, it's this weird the, the balance on that part isn't awesome because like if you get to the bosses and your characters have that special attack uh, leveled up, they're usually a cakewalk. If you get to that last boss and you don't have your special attack leveled up, there may not be any enemies, like any trash mobs left to kind of like, you know, build up that gauge. And then you then it's a real slog to try and fight one of those bosses like straight up without the special attacks. So it's just not it's not the, the combat is not terrible. It's not fantastic. It's, you know, perfectly serviceable action RPG. It also just doesn't like play quite as well in terms of the overall structure of the game because, um, you know, Sakura Wars, it's a very story heavy game. There's there's, you know, huge sections like you can literally go hours between a, a moment where you have uh, combat and you can just go like two or three hours of just story. And it's fun, like like I said, it's it's good, it's fun, silly, lighthearted anime story. I've been enjoying it a lot, especially in these you know like kind of like dark, grim times. It's like a, it's a fun <laughs> escape dark, from grim times. <laughs> these dark, grim times when I'm stuck inside and can't go anywhere. It's like oh, I've got this lovely, bright anime to watch on on TV with some some cute things happening and silly stupidness. but it it just feels weird i I think the balance was better back when it was a strategy rpg where you might have like two or three it's the same structure where you would have you know like hours of story and then it would be punctuated by a battle but a strategy rpg be uh, ah a strategy Mm -hmm. rpg battle can have you know it could go on for 30 or 40 minutes and it doesn't feel unreasonable for it to go on for 30 or 40 minutes the action RPG battles, which go on for just like eh, maybe 15, maybe pushing 20 minutes, like it just feels kind of like slight after having 
hours and hours of story leading up to it. And they've tried to like flesh that out a little bit where they have, um, where they've added, there's just like every once in a while, I don't, I can't quite tell if it's like scripted or random, but they will have like these like small battles that you'll fight in front of the uh, Imperial theater and you'll just fight like a handful of enemies and it will just take like a couple of minutes, but it's so slight. I don't know why they exactly bothered. They, they've also opened it up so like you can go back and refight all of these big battles that happen at the end of the chapters. And you, you can go back, do it with a different uh, different paired up with a different character and you can unlock like they, they have these cards everywhere in the game. And like the more of them you go back and do, you unlock more little more cards that you can collect. But yeah, like after I've after I've done those things, battles, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go back and do them again. <laughs> They're they're not that exciting and interesting. Fair enough. But I mean, that's kind of the other thing about the combat is like like I think the game looks gorgeous and the story bits of the game look really look really good. Although I know I'm I'm sure plenty of people will take you know will either like or not like the character designs, but. I think the character designs are okay, but I think the game looks really good, and they've done a really good job of um, designing the character styles in the story portions so that the like there are fully animated cutscenes and they integrate really well. It looks it's not one of those where there's really a clash between the way that the animated cutscenes look and the way the stuff that's done in the game engine looks. It all looks very seamless, so it all works together well. But the combat sections also kind of look like um, they take a step back. Like they're they're very every single time you go into one of those, you are um, they are almost always like done in like a you know a separate demon world that like you know it kind of like takes over part of Tokyo, and so like they do that to, so that you're not having to fight actually like in a cool you know, steampunk 1940s Tokyo backdrop. Like, now you get kind of generic-looking, um, kind of almost like early PS3, 360-era-looking, uh, like, volcano or ice dungeons. You know, very generic-ish. <laughs> you, you, can, you can tell uh, in a few places where they kind of, like, cut, cut, cut some corners in terms of their budget. Like, it's kind of one of the crazy things about this series. Like, when I... Um, uh, when I was on, uh, I was actually on another podcast talking about one of the uh, the videos, one of the <gasps> movies. Traitor! No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was probably with Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, you can't say too much. You were on one of his podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but one of, the crazy thing about that is the very first Sakura Wars game was the highest budget game that Sega had made to that point. Which seems bonkers, but then you start thinking about it, and like that's an era where there wasn't lots of voice acting and that kind of stuff, and animated cutscenes and that kind of stuff. So, like, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense at the time. That was like revolutionary and crazy and and stuff. And now it's just so standard that now this is, you know, this isn't a high budget game anymore. This is a low budget game. You know, it's a. <laughs> and there are the times when that kind of shows through now. 
it's kind of funny because part of the story in this game kind of feels almost like an allegory for the overall franchise. Like, you know, they keep talking about that, like how the the Imperial Combat Review used to be really, you know, really big and popular and had all this money. And now now we're kind of like smaller and people barely remember us anymore. And boy, we don't have a lot of money anymore. We're barely <laughs> scraping by. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like the series. Yeah, we're almost forgotten. <laughs> But it, it is a really, I, I think it's a really cute game. I think it's been, I think it's really well done in terms of the story. It, it's one of those games, like you have to be on board for a very story heavy game because that's that's what Sakura Wars has always been. It's a very like heavy games story that are game. Anime as hell, please do not play Sakura Wars. Yep, yep. If you like the anime as hell sort of sort of experience like this game has it in spades you will enjoy sakura wars you like i said you don't really need to have played you don't really need to have had any experience else otherwise with the series um you can jump right in with this one there there's plenty of little hints for people who are fans of the earlier games fun little nuggets and stuff for them but like yeah for new people you can jump right in and play it. And if you're looking for something like bright and colorful and fun and silly in this time, like, you know, like, yeah, the Sakura Wars kind of fits the bill. I don't know if my long monologue there is. I'm trying to get all the yes. Animal Crossing figures still, so I I, I'm not paying attention. I have been on the fence about this because I like the TRPG stuff as much as I like the waifu stuff. I know, I know. So it's I, like, I, will it work with a? Di- and it's pro. It sounds like a silly question of like, of course it will work with a different style of combat, but will I like it? Yeah, I like. I'm still enjoying it just because I really enjoy the silly, you know, waifu, um, you know, story bits. It's uh, to me, it's just as good as the earlier games. But yeah, I. I am also one of those people that would prefer if this was a strategy. You have to touch the girls. I didn't. I didn't. No. No. You had to in the old games. It's like, where do you want to put the hand? It was a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that was even in so long, my love. Mm -hmm. Um, there are like there are scenes that you can get involved in where um, involved. Like Mm. no, no, no. Like there have been like optional scenes where like you wander into the girls. There, there was one where like you wander into the dressing room and one of the girls comes in. And of course, the main character freaks out for no apparent reason and hides. And then, of course, the girl starts getting changed. And then you're you do have the option to kind of like, oh, do you want to peek up over the uh, thing you're hiding behind and look at the girl? And the the goofy thing is, is that like. It's basically you have to almost like fight it as it's it's like um, it's one of the parts of the lip system where you'll have uh, not only do you pick just between like three different things, but they'll have ones where you like pick the emphasis and you'll just use the right uh, stick to just like shove up. Like, do you want to shout or do you just want to like say something almost whisper? So they play that as part of this where you're like sneaking your head up. Do you want to look at the girl? And the further up you go, the harder you have to press on the uh, press down on the stick to try and keep yourself from looking. (laughs) (laughs) But see, the thing about Sakura Wars is like, yeah, it it will let you do that like slightly pervy thing. But you get penalized for it because the girl will catch you and they'll be pissed at you. 
Like, why the hell were you sneaking a peek at me, you dirty pervert? <laughs> and die. <laughs> exactly. And it hurts your, you know, it hurts your relationship with them. As it should. As it should, exactly. So when do you think the review is going to be up? Uh, it sh- mine should, like, I won't have any trouble finishing the game by the time I, the reviews go up. Like, uh, I think the day, I can't remember now if it's the day it comes out or the day before. Um, like, I won't have any trouble finishing the game. I'm almost done already. The The tricky thing is, is that they're... They are. They've already announced that they're going to do uh, include the patch that they did in Japan, the 1.01 that added like a couple of different. The biggest thing is it added a um, a lock on camera Ooh, to the combat section. So, do you want to wait for that patch to review it? Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to. I've been trying to decide whether I wanted to wait and see because it's supposed to go up either the day that it launches or, you know, shortly thereafter. So I've been trying to decide if I want to, yeah, hold off on a couple of days on the review just to see if that changes the combat or not. That's an Alex question. Alex has to talk about his games, too. Yeah. (laughs) Me and Alex will talk about that at some point, I'm sure. Alex, game time. Oh, that was a segue. Yeah, that was a bad segue. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, we might as well get on to the Final Fantasy VII remake section of the show. Part part two. Yes. Part two. Yeah. Oh, Wait, it's out already? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's, it's the second part of this conversation because people are now oh, further than they were right. last week. Right. Do you need to take your headset off, Chris? Why? Because there might be some spoilers. <gasps> what if I find out that's Eris? I was a problem. <laughs> yeah, I was like really curious as to how we handle that because I. I realize that this game is, you know, 20 plus years old or whatever. But there's and new stuff. That's but, not yes, the, so there's, yeah, that's not the concern. The concern now is spoiling the remake. Yeah, so Kids. the new stuff is obviously spoiler worthy. But like what about the people who have never played Final Fantasy 7 ever? And Is it really a secret at this point that somebody dies? Well, so that's the thing. This game yeah. does not play like a traditional RPG. So this probably pulled in new gamers who have never. Okay. I do have to say, so now it's possibly going to be a spoiler for the remake, but it impacts the entire question of that. And the second, yeah. the next parts are not necessarily going to follow the storyline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I've heard from numerous sources yeah. that you, you, you the won't... ending's a bit of a mind F. Yeah, you won't really figure it out until the very end, but yeah, there's stuff yeah. will be different. And I, 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 I'm feeling that you know even lightly through what they're doing now because you know there's a lot of these parts where it's like, oh yeah, I remember that from the original game, and and you know it follows pretty in line. And they did a really good job with you know keeping key points, um, like the the scene with. Uh, Cloud and, and Tifa on the little water thing. I hear um, you can finally slide on the slide. Yeah, you can. I slid on the slide numerous times. I I haven't gotten to the slide yet, but I am happy to hear that. Um, I just finished up Wall Market last night and did the whole um, cross-dressing sequence and 
How many dresses did you get? um, Three. It's only possible to get three per playthrough of that chapter, and it depends on how many side quests you do. And that's only affects, uh, is it Clouds or Aerith? I think that's Aerith. That only affects... I think it's all three. No, because Tifa, Tifa's one is affected by one of those choices you made right back at the beginning. Yeah. Oh. What should that govern her? And I think Clouds is affected by how well you do on the mini game. Oh, sequence. so like the original game? No, Clouds. Yeah, you you do all of the different like. There's a whole side quest chain, and you do all of the different beats. Like you do the. Uh, squat contest and you do the where you have to go get the thing from the vending machine but it it, how you do that doesn't really affect i don't know how to describe it yeah i I think i'm referring to the actual sequence with the button presses and the event that affects cloud yeah Yeah. the the side quests only affect airs and that's how many you do Okay, I, I gotcha. I just thought it was interesting because the, all of those side quests um, in the original, you was collecting like perfume and panties and stuff like that, and in this, you just you do the same stuff, but you don't get get the items. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the the, the, con- the context is different as well because they're basically using yeah. the character to do all that yeah, do all that yeah. stuff in one go, and it's less of. Which it's, it, it's less creepy and much more fabulous. Oh, yeah, and cl- I like Cloud's the sound interaction, of that. Cloud's interactions with that character is hilarious. Like, can I call you bro? No. And then he keeps, right. proceeds to keep calling him bro. Yeah, that's, that's Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole sequence was just a laugh riot. And they did a good job of rendering Wall Market because, boy, I feel like I need a vaccine after going to that place. particularly in the seedy hotel that uh you get the vending machine (laughs) items from that place just looked that place just looked gross man you found the hooker hotel yes and like there's even a joke about you going to a love hotel and they're like hey hey love hotel for the lucky couple and Kyle just rolls his eyes and Aerith laughs cute yeah, I, Aerith is uh, is being ending up being my favorite character in this remake because you know in the first game they kind of made her out to be just this like enigmatic goddess and she's so mysterious and in this game she's actually funny and charming and knows how to take care of herself and just doesn't take crap from anybody or anything. Yeah, it definitely sounds and, like all of the female characters have way more depth. Oh, yeah. They're they're not just boobs. Yeah, there's a lot more human qualities in all of the characters. Uh, but namely, you know, I mean, it's hard because we went from a fully text-based game, so you kind of just portrayed in your head. But even the way it was written in the old game... It was very much like they were there to pine over Cloud, and now it's not that. I mean, Aerith still playfully teases at it, um, but as far as I know, Tifa has not even made a, a remote gesture uh, towards that. Um, it's actually, Je- it's all been poured on Jesse at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. 
yeah, there's some hints in like chapter two or three if you do all the side quests, but yeah, it's def- it's definitely subtle compared to yeah. Two. The original yeah. where it's and like T- all Tifa wants is to be boinked by Cloud and to punch yeah. things. <laughs> and like the first time Aerith dropped an S bomb, I was just like, oh, shocked. I like know. no, Aerith. <laughs> You're such a sweet girl. Why why are you dropping S bombs? Oh, you're not a sweet girl in this. You're actually kinda tough. I had to like I clipped that video and rewound it to hear if I heard correctly. Because I was like, did she actually cuss just now? Uh we talked yeah. about it last week, Peter, but did you see the video of the voice actor for Aerith seeing herself in the game for the first time? Uh Mm-mm. I didn't see it from you guys, but somebody linked it to me and I thought it was so adorable. It's so good. If if anybody hasn't seen it, it's really easy to find. You just Google Aerith or Aerith voice actor um, Twitch, and yeah, you'll you'll get to see her. It it's very very sweet. It is. All right, are and we? They are, and Sorry, Don Conejo is still extremely creepy. Like they managed to take his creep factor up to eleven. Who's sorry? Don Corneo. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All right, are we done with Final Fantasy yeah. VII spoilers? Well, there's a, there's a uh, spoilers-wise, there's a, well, it might be a bit spoiler for Kelly because and Felix are not up to it, but there's a few weird bits in it, just story-wise and pacing-wise, where it's sort of it's put some sections in that don't really make sense in sort of how they're there. Because there's a bit where yeah. you've got like a race against time, and then it just goes to a sort of weird atmospheric bit, and then. Oh wait, we're in the race against time. Better get back to that. So there's a yeah. few weird, weird plot points. The ending oh. sort of feels like it's just inserted just to make it a more exciting ending in some points. But it also does the spoiler bit that I mentioned earlier as well. So it's a mixture. I like I like where it's taking the taking the story for the second part. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that does. Um, yeah. It's sort of funny because my husband finished it this weekend and er, this week and he finished it before his physical copy has gotten here because yes. his physical he got sent an empty envelope for his yeah, physical copy. Yeah, what the hell is Amazon. up with that? Uh, we don't know. We don't know if some Amazon warehouse person just forgot to put it in there. We don't know if somebody at the post office stole it and stuck it, just resealed the envelope. All I know is that he was, he thought that, because he had ordered the, the deluxe edition, and he thought, well, like, did I accidentally order the regular one because the envelope was so thin and opened it and I'm like, nope, nothing inside. So he got into a service chat with Amazon and they sent, are sending him another one and it's supposed to get here Sunday. But he was just, he was pissed and I was pissed on his behalf. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, I saw you tweet I'm about sorry. that, and I'm like, "How does that even happen?" I I don't know. I, he was glad that he bought the digital version because he finished it and uh, keeping the yeah. physical one for posterity, I guess. All right, are we done? Final Fantasy VII spoilers because Chris is waiting to get back on. <laughs> done with spoilers. Well, the, the other the other thing I say, did you notice uh, Chadley channeling Ignis? Who channeling Ignis? Chadley, the Materia guy. Oh, yeah, I can see that. No, notice what he says when he uh, gives when he you finds gives a you new some Materia. New... Yeah. 
Oh, is he Ignis's oh, yeah. voice actor? <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. I, yeah, I know what you're referencing there. Um, yeah, yeah. I only have uh, two points, I guess, to to make, and this is uh, it's not really spoilerish. So if he wants to come back, he can. Um, but it's more to note about um, again coming from somebody who did not like the original and is now playing this one. If this was the story that was hidden behind, you know, the the not so great writing in the in the original game, um, I can see why people loved it so much because it's there's actually a lot to it. Uh, it it's been really fun discovering it. Uh, and seeing it portrayed this way that it I, I I don't feel like I'm playing, you know, Final Fantasy seven anymore. It feels like its own game. Um, I, it's really hard to explain. I, I'm I'm struggling for the words here. But the point is, is it's better. It, it they did the remake justice. And I feel like um, I can see now why people went nuts over the original game. And uh, the other point I'll make is that playing on normal has been really, really hard. (laughs) I am burning through items like nobody's business, and they really, really require you to um, pay attention to your equipment. Uh, Kelly, I made uh, mention about, you know, a battle I was doing. um, Mm -hmm. And it took, I mean, outside of the items that I used to to make it through – I had to retool my entire kit uh, to be able to beat it. Um, Alex, you said that I wasn't supposed to do it solo, but... No, yeah, you're really not supposed to do that quite solo. <laughs> you're supposed like... to wait until you get the second party member. Then it's Whoops. much, much easier. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I mean, it was... My uh, wife was in the other room and she was kind of overhearing me like, you know getting a little frustrated as I go through it. And she's like, wow, you really suck at video games, don't you? And I'm like, no, (laughs) this game is just hard, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Normal is... There's uh, another optional battle line kit that you're supposed to wait a bit later on. So I'll just give you that warning now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that fight was a cakewalk, but I'm like, oh, right, easy mode. Yeah, it certainly was not that for me. But even then, even in easy mode, some of the fights are still challenging. Like the the fight with that house in the arena, um, that one was a pretty tough fight for me. I don't I remember that, that from the original game at all. Yeah, it, um, no, it, it is in there. It's... Yeah, I think the yeah, OG it's... game, the houses were just normal random encounters. Yeah, and then um, this one, it's like an arena fight. And the house has several forms and flies around and can get pretty tough. Yeah, they hit like trucks in the original game too. So that's oh, yeah. not a surprise. I'll never forget the first time I ran into that. And I'm like, oh, you guys are really crushing my soul here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we done with Final Fantasy VII spoilers? Yeah, we're done. All right. Chris, you can come back on now. Are you sure this time? You've Alex? You've this like three times now. What else have you been playing this week? Are we actually done now? Yes, we're done. All right. But, uh, I finished Murder My Numbers. Yay! Wasn't that game fun? You've mentioned. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I think it's probably not my, my favorite of that 
style puzzle game, but I certainly enjoyed it. I've not played that much Pitcross stuff before, so. Oh well, then you're That's gonna cool. be you're gonna be interested in this week's releases. But, um, Peter, you've been playing stuff other than Final Fantasy VII, right? I have. Um, so heresy. I he texted no. me last night about this. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, am still going through uh, Secret of Mana, and uh, I am. I'm pretty sure the the last boss I just fought will get me the fifth mana seed. Um, I just, I haven't walked into the room. I had to kind of save and stop and tend to baby stuff. So, um, wonderful thing about the switch is you can do that and you just turn it off and then pick it up later. Um, so yeah, I think I'm five mana seeds done, uh, out of what is it? Eight, uh, probably. I, I don't know. I, I've never actually played through this far, so I'm further than I've ever gotten in this game. Um, I think the first time I played through was on, the SNES Classic and got about the same spot that you did, Anna, where you said the um, Seasons Forest. Yep. Um, that was right about where I had stopped the last time. So I'm further than that now. Um, the interesting thing about this game, uh, you know, I, I have my complaints about the the little pieces of gameplay that, that make it really hard to play, but I actually don't feel all that invested in the story. Um it's it's something that I, I keep noticing as I'm going through it is that it doesn't feel like it ties together like one cohesive story um, for for an RPG. Um, and I read somewhere that that is because this was originally intended for uh, the disk system that was going to come out on the SNES or N64 yep. or something. And I guess they had to chop a bunch of it out in order to make it fit on a cart. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel it now. Like I, I didn't at first, I was, I was really invested in the, Oh, leveling up your magic and leveling up your weapons. And this is all fun and dandy. And then I realized that, you know, outside of the beginning where they're like, you, you're the hero, you get this mana sword and you've got to bring it back to power. There's like nothing else beyond that. Um, and I realized that, from a, a recent interaction with some girl that showed up once before and we were looking for her and we found her and there's not really anything beyond that. It was just like, Hey, we found her now she needs to get better. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But why? <laughs> and like, that's, that was really where I was. I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Why, why are we here? Why, why doesn't he just go home and apologize to the people that he he wronged for taking the sword out and get unexiled from his original home and just live his happy little life and and turn it into a farming sim? <laughs> it's like, I don't. But I don't know. It's his it's just, sword. I know. It's like so. I I don't know. I I feel like um, I think you're looking for too much from a SNES era RPG that was focused more on action than storytelling to begin with. <laughs> well, okay. So I so I get that, right? I get that it is more action oriented, but it was also. Uh, I mean, it's a Square Enix game, and they did Final Fantasy four and six on the SNES mm -hmm. and did just fine right. with storytelling. Listen, do you like killing the rabbits or not? If not, stop playing it. <laughs> Actually, no, because I hate the accuracy system. It's awful. <laughs> well, hold so, the thing down. 
I yeah, I know. Yeah, the power up hits do make a world of difference. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm far enough into this now that I feel like I can finish it out just fine. Um, but I, I it, it's the it falls in the same vein as um, Final Fantasy Adventure did, where it's like I see the merits and I see why people enjoyed it at the time. But this is not a game that aged well enough for me. That uh, seems to be like the the motto of my gaming the past like two three weeks now. Here, Peter, uh, Peter, let me ask you a question. Here's the most yes. important part. What do you think about the music? That's oh, beautiful. Yeah, that it's game's beautiful. music is easily the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's got a, an amazing soundtrack, um, and it is fun to listen to. And I think that's why it's it's bearable to play. Yeah, you know, it's bad enough when you're playing a terrible game and the soundtrack is grating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at least it's. it's I find that's a game that if you can just let go and get into the soundtrack and not be distracted by anything, that makes it way easier to put the time into it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where the I graphics am. are pretty too. They're well done. I, I, I always thought that was like one of the most beautiful SNES games there was. Well, sure, but for Peter experiencing it now, he has other things to compare the graphics to. And I don't find that there is that many soundtracks that are as good as this game. Yes. That's my I take would, on it, at least. I would agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm invested enough now that I think I'm probably just going to finish it out. It's certainly not Witch in the Hundred Night unbearable. So uh, what about I I have a decision to make for me. Like I was thinking about replaying this game for years and maybe I'll actually do it now. But um, just because you're talking about it, the, the thing is, there's two versions to play. Do I play uh, the SNES version or the remake? The remake is poo. Is it? I'm sitting here. I've got a video up on the stream if you're watching that's like got the two versions side by side and it's like, hey, it looks like the same game, but 3D. That seems cool. Yeah, you should read some reviews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, yeah, the reviews got uh, they trashed on the remake, Um, but I I haven't played it, so I don't know um what it is they didn't like maybe it is the bugginess that kelly's talking about maybe it's later yeah, on that it becomes a bigger problem and all the videos i'm looking i don't at know if early. they patched it oh yeah that's a good point maybe they fixed some of it of course if it got bombed and sales were low they probably wouldn't patch it would they oh well i don't know but yeah i mean i if if nothing else if the camera bothers you um i'd probably go with the remake uh, as well as NPCs getting stuck, you know, which was supposed to be why the camera is so screwy. Um, but yeah, that's the only, I guess, gameplay gripe that I really cannot stand. I, I don't, I don't know. It's is is it just me? I mean, are you weirded out by playing a game that does not center the camera on your hero, to where you no. can't see like an inch past, you know, when when the screen is scrolling? No, that that game, that original game, is very buggy, and especially towards the end of the game, where you have enemies that can hit like a truck, and you can't see them because they're just slightly off camera. Yeah. I think I, I think I had to like save scum that last bit of the dungeon, like the entire step of the way, because I kept just getting one shotted by things that could kill you. Oh. I forgot. I ran into a nasty bug, and I'm so glad that I had a save state just before a boss fight. Um, so 
my I beat the boss and the way that the game's logic works is that it says that the boss dies, you see the particle effects, uh, the characters are run back to the main character, like they all stand on the same square and, and are basically on top of one another. And then when that happens, you get, you know, usually a weapon orb, and then you can continue on with your game. So I don't know if it was a combination of what I did, but one of my characters was uh, dead, and I had used one of the little wishing cups to bring them back to life. So mm -hmm. I did that right as the boss was dying. And because of that, the character could not get back to my central location. So I beat the boss. Uh, the blonde girl, what is her name? Her name is Girl. What... Yeah, Girl. Uh, they have defaults, but I and I use them all, and I just don't ever remember them because they're just not memorable to me. Um, <laughs> But she runs back fine. But then the the little sprite character was just caught in a eternal running animation, couldn't get to me, and because of that, the game just soft locked. It Whoops. just stayed there, like you couldn't do anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have a. I think my last actual save was before I even started that dungeon, so I was really glad for the save state. And I did it. I, I beat the boss again, and this time all my characters were already alive. They all ran, and it progressed as normal. Um, so, yeah, be careful when you're using your little wishing cups. Uh, otherwise, you will softlock your game. All right. Cool. Does anybody have any games that they want to talk about? Is maybe is the thing with the remake people are realizing that the original is just not as good as they remember? I, I what sometimes if that's think what that's it is. the case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I take that in Peter's comments now, I'm like, oh no, was I wrong? <laughs> I mean, to, I mean to be honest, I was never really that impressed with the original. Mm -hmm. I, I I thought it was an okay game, but it definitely had flaws, especially in the story and. Just how buggy the combat was, but gosh, they want forty bucks for this remake. It came out two yeah, years ago. Square tax. Square tax. We have collection of mana. Does that have the remake? No. Okay. No. <laughs> that doesn't really help me, then, does it? <laughs> you should read yeah, some I reviews mean, before you I am. Get invested I, I'm not investing forty bucks in it. That's for sure. <laughs> not a. It's probably a, a worthwhile topic. Uh, all on its own, like a whole podcast could be dedicated to. Uh, if only we had know, a podcast that went glasses. back to um, <laughs> old games and compared them to what they think about them now. We don't have anything Some like sort that. of backtracking topic, you know. I don't know. All right. Anyway, um, I've been playing. I've been playing more Animal Crossing, and I'm tired of my annoying villagers, and have been. Uh, Making uh -oh. my own amiibo cards. To How do you try and get, get rid of specific villagers? Um, amiibo cards. That's like the only guarantee. One hundred percent. But it'll just it'll way. get a new person in. But then, how do you know who's going to leave? Um, with the amiibo cards, you can pick who you want to leave. If yes. Every other method, um, it's random. Okay. Wait, what are the other methods? Um, talking to them. Ignoring and... them. Yeah. Okay. You ignore them until they come up to you, and then when they come up to you, they have a chance to say, hey, I'm sick of this town. Should I leave? And then you can either say, no, stay, or GTFO. And, <laughs> uh, 
I told Klaus to GTFO because I only added him just to get the plots. And I didn't like how he said strudel every other word, so. Oh, he, can he, you he, talk to Isabel to make her change their catchphrase? Yeah. No. I mean, you can, but that doesn't affect them moving out at all. No, I'm a, yeah, but I meant if you don't like strudel. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only thing that that does is brings them back to their default. So, like, say a, a friend oh, comes over and, and gives teaches them something them? Okay. or teaches them. Yeah. You can change their clothes back to their default and their t- text. So I think strudel is probably what their default was. Yeah. But it was annoying me. But I didn't like Klaus anyway. <laughs> we so, have this stupid yeah, chicken with a bell on his head that we want to make leave. Yeah, well, oh, we you have, have lots amiibo of amiibo part. cards. Yes, we now. do. We've got plenty of them, even the even without trying to hack them, like I've been doing all. <laughs> like you have the legit ones, yeah. Because yeah. I I priced the legit ones this week, and they're like crazy expensive. Yeah, we apparently now. will be selling the legit ones soon. <laughs> after hearing about those prices, do you think yeah. people care? Like, can I just throw them in an envelope and like that's good enough, or do they want like card protectors and shit? Oh, I'm sure they want card protectors uh, if they're going to be paying up. I ain't going. Like, up I ain't 20. getting the plague just to give them a card protector. Um, no. Do you want to know what's crazy? Is that people have been selling Raymond on eBay? What? As in the amiibo? Like I have Raymond nope. in my town. Pay me fifty bucks uh, and you can come poach him. Yeah, because how the, do you poach the someone? The amiibo, the new characters that don't have amiibos or amiibo cards. The only way to get them is to luck out and have them move in. How do you poach mm. someone from someone else's town? You just go to their town and talk to them over and over again. And I think you can eventually do you have to do multiple trips or like. I, I don't I know. Do I haven't one. tried it. Hmm. I'm certainly not going to pay 50 bucks to try it. Well, and it doesn't move them out on the originating. Yeah, I know that. I, I understand that. Yeah. Although that would be really funny. I mean, I've I've paid you stupid money for bucks. stupid stuff, but I am It'd be not funny if you came up and you said, Did you sell me out for fifty bucks? I'm out of here. <laughs> also, Chris, I feel like yes. uh it would be a missed opportunity if you don't sell your um Animal Crossing cards and write a letter from COVID twenty twenty or twenty what is it? Over two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Mm, with them yeah oh, that's yep. a good way to get on a list yeah i know i feel like i feel like it's uh it could be hit or miss but i mean you know you add your switch friend code and put the city name and everything they'll understand yeah sure they'll understand <laughs> so thus far i've moved in bob and to just today i moved in mitzi and then oh, oh, tomorrow i'm gonna make um bianca and rowan mm. and my idea is that I like want, I want kind of an even spread of lions and tigers and cats. Oh my! Chris wants a, a horse yep. farm. Yep, I'm starting stables. I have to get like so the proper fencing and stuff. Because I, I want kid, I want, you want the kitties, kitties right? Because my town think, name is Kitty. Well, there's only a handful of horses anyway, so I think it's going to be horses yeah. and cats. Because then, I don't know what that means. Actually, that's going to be weird. We need to figure out our proper alignment of animals. What? Let's make a an ecosystem. No, no, no. Like for we need a proper food Chris, chain. Chris, I think that that's very appropriate because barn cats. Barn are cats. A thing. Oh. Well, did then we need a mouse. You... We need a mouse for the barn cats to eat. And... Well, did they ever add cows? There is no. Hmm. 
There's think, one. Isn't there both? There might be. Yeah. I think there is. I yeah, I don't remember. So I, I think the original idea was that your character was the cow. Oh, really? Because of because of the horns. Um, hmm. And I think that they changed that at some point, which made you look more human. But I, I don't know that they ever added cows. Yeah, there was one um, reveal in like uh, the Coro Coro magazine or something that people thought might be a cow, but it ended up being the white horse. Yeah, there's cows. Are there? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I I don't think I've ever had a cow in my town. Here, I just posted it. I'm posting it in the Twitch chat. Ooh, she are a species of villagers. There are four. There you go. Oh, and they're apparently bulls as well. But Belle, Bessie. It, look, it looks like none Karen, of them are in Horizons, though. Naomi, Norma, Patty. I, so a lot of these guides, I've noticed, they're still outdated. None of them show New Horizon content yet. Well, and the a good clue as to whether they're going to come to um, New Horizon in the future is whether they're in pocket camp. Oh. Okay. Is that already HD assets then? That I don't know. But, um, yeah, there's uh, YouTube tutorials for how to make your own Amiibo cards. You have to buy NFC cards on Amazon. And it it's, a, I guess you can do it with an iPhone. That's what Chris has been looking into. But I have yeah, an Android phone. Don't, so. don't try the iPhone method right now. It requires... Oh. It requires like okay. your own ability to sign iPhone apps and stuff. And oh. You don't want to mess with that. Mm. <laughs> Speaking from experience, yeah, I because uh, I just downloaded an app that it wasn't even on the App Store. You have to like go to GitHub and download. You have to sideload it, app. which you can't really do on it. On yeah, you can, but that's the part where it's like I, even I don't want to help you do it, and I know how to do it. Like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess make friends with an Android user. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to recommend that. Hey, Kelly. There are How's also, yeah. you can also get like NFC readers for PC that are NFC writers for PC. And then there's PC software you can get called a me bomb. There's also, um, Oh, that's what Ninji has. There's also some stuff for an Arduino kit that would work. Um, and other things, but, uh, it looks like Android phone is hands down the easiest. So Peter, you still got that cloud statue? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Gonna tell? Oh, wow, <laughs> she's raising the price. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I have no idea where to put that thing. Put. <laughs> I think my husband would kill me if I traded a bunch of NFC cards for that. <laughs> he might kill you for not doing it. I hear him moving upstairs. I think he's coming downstairs to yell at me to say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On that note, we're closing out the now play. Oh. And we're moving to feedback. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had a question of the week. And uh, I, I think Peter's probably going to jump on this one and maybe Josh. Though so we asked people, what's one game you never got around to at launch you wish you could go back to and play at or around launch? Yeah, there. I mean, there are many for me, especially when I was reading through some of the answers. Uh, somebody mentioned Dreamcast, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, 
there are so many Dreamcast games that I wish. But my original answer uh, has been and will probably be for a while um, Vagrant Story. Um, it was a PS1 game that was set in the uh, world of Ivalice. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of that whole lore. And I just, uh, at that time, I didn't, I don't even think I owned a PS1 yet. And when I did, I didn't really know much about it. So uh, never ended up getting it on launch, around launch, after launch. Um, I think I might have the digital version, uh, but I still haven't played it yet. But that's that's probably my big one. So here's a good story. And I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. Vagrant Story is the reason that RP Gamer has a reviews department. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've so, never heard that story. Did it review badly? <laughs> so back in the day... Um, and I'm talking like early 2000s. We didn't really have a structure for like any kind of approval on editorial content that was put on the site. And so we had a staff member that wrote a review. And I think the title of the review was something like play Vagrant Story or Vinny will break your knees. Oh, <laughs> and so it was like and the review was like clearly talking up the game in a way that was like. This person clearly liked the game, but they're not really giving a good indication about whether the game is good. And so there was this massive, massive, like three or four day long argument on IRC as to whether this person could post this review or not. And basically he said, screw you guys. There's no one who can say I can't and just posted it. And I think he quit shortly afterwards. Wow. (laughs) That sounds like RPG. It is. It's one of those things where, yeah, you can like a game, but recommending it to people is another thing entirely. Like, that's how I feel about Legend of Legacy. It's hard I love to retain... that game, but I would not recommend it to people. It's really hard to retain reviewers at RP Gamer because we have a pretty thorough editing process regarding reviews. And it turns out reviewers are opinionated. Yeah, I actually... <laughs> Back in the day when I, I was head of the reviews department, I actually had someone quit in the middle of his first um, review edit. Good job, <laughs> Thanks. Well, at least you didn't have to fire them. Yeah, I was like, the review was fine, but it was like, it had like all sorts of like second person, first person litter through it, and like some of the points were out of orders. And I was like 15 or 16 changes in, and he's like, you know what? I just don't want to do this. I quit. Wow. I'm like, oh. I mean, right Okay. Uh, writing reviews right. is hard. <laughs> yeah. People think it's easy. It is not easy. It is not easy. No. But it is very uh, rewarding. Yes. Not to them. Not to, maybe not I mean, for everybody. I, I knew that it wasn't easy. And even when I wrote that uh, uh, trials or trails review at the very beginning of the year, I was like, oh, my God, this this is something else. I spent like two weeks on that. <laughs> There's a process here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, every review I write, I probably dedicate somewhere between 10 and 12 hours to it. Yeah. That's between um, making the outline, writing the review, getting all my screenshots ready, two or three edit passes, and then actually posting. Hey, at least it's much easier on the new site than it used to be on the old site. Oh, that posting stuff <laughs> used to take a long time on its own. <laughs> it's like, is anybody on Index? No Get good. off Index! Oh, no. Like, how good is your HTML? 
<laughs> when I first started working at RP Gamer, we had no WYSIWYG editor at all for the website, and you couldn't, and there was no, there was no HTML editors back then that were like free and accessible, except mm-hmm. for WordPad. No. So you had... <laughs> That was the closest thing that we could get for people. And it was both on, on PC and Mac. Um, and so it was like, that was the thing that you had to have to work at RP Gamer in like 2002. And if you couldn't read the HTML, we couldn't hire you because... We said no WordPad, remember? Because it put weird characters in there. No, no, no. Yeah, notepad. No, no, yeah, notepad. No, no, notepad no, is what you were Use notepad. Because it didn't put the smart Word, WordPad put smart Oh, I have it backwards. That's why you can't wor- use Word either. Yeah. yeah, but you had to download it because the default Windows program wouldn't oh, would cack out. Are you talking about? Like two thousand and one. <laughs> Remember, I joined the site in January of two thousand. So, that, were there people that insisted on using Open Office that would like yell at you for not su- wanting to support their weird program? Did Open Office exist in two thousand and three? I'm not sure. Might have been Star Office. Oh my god! That's old. <laughs> I told someone the other day that I had a Hotmail account before Microsoft owned it, and they told me that they didn't think that was a thing. <laughs> oh my god! I feel oh, so man. old now. <laughs> all right, Josh. Is there any game you never got around to? You wish you could go back and play when it was all the shit. Well, well, speaking of firing, like, yeah, um, uh, I think I'd want to go back and play Final Fantasy Tactics because I can't play. I've tried to play that game in modern times. And I just can't do it. And I think that's the kind of the game that I would really enjoy. Like, like I would have enjoyed when I was like 17 years old, roughly when it came out. Only I didn't have a mm-hmm. PlayStation at the time because I would have really gotten into it. And the the annoyances that keep me from enjoying it now wouldn't have been quite such a big issue back then but i mean honestly if, if you're talking about like taking the uh the question even a little bit further like a game i wish i could re you know play from the beginning you know without ever having played it before then it'd probably be from my childhood it'd be like wing commander 3 because that's a game i don't think i can go back to anymore because it's so you know fmv heavy but man i love that game when it came out Cool. Alex, did you have an answer? I can't remember if you talked about this last week. Nope, I didn't have an answer. Okay. I don't have an answer I still, either. I still don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to what everybody else said. Um, Shaman says, I didn't own the system at its launch, but I would have loved to play Skies of Arcadia when it came out. Come to think of it, I'd like to play it now. Um, Victor says, I loved the first five games in the Might and Magic computer RPG series back in the early 90s, and I wish I had played Might and Magic 6, The Mandate of Heaven, when it came out in 1998. It got very good reviews. But at the time, I didn't have a computer with Windows that could run MM6. By the time I did get a computer, I was busy with other things. So if I had played MM6, then I might have enjoyed MM7 through MM10 too. Uh, nowadays I don't play computer RPGs because I do so much work writing or World of Warcraft on my computer that any more computer time feels like overkill. I don't know if I'll ever get around to playing the rest of the Might and Magic RPG series that I once adored. Yeah, no, I, I feel that like big time, like, and I think Chris, Chris kind of understands having worked at home for the last few weeks where it's like, by the time dinner rolls around, I don't want to be in the office anymore because I'm sick of working. Yep. That's my issue. So 
it is definitely one of the things that plays into why I don't play a ton of PC RPGs. Um, Featherhoof says, I was shaming on this one. I would have loved to have played Skies of Arcadia at launch. I never owned a Dreamcast, though, and my first GameCube, or my first GameCube, well, oh yeah, my first GameCube was my Nintendo Wii. By the time it was already outside my price range. Ooh, yeah, that got expensive fast, didn't it? Um, yep. Strawberry Eggs. I can only think of recent examples, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And last him on Earth. Hey, he's one of our staff members. Um, in retrospect, I would have loved to play Undertale at launch when it was the thing everyone was playing, whereas now it suffers the cruel fate of being one of many games in my Steam library that sits untouched. Well, good news. You can still go back and play it. You totally should. I hear it's a very mm-hmm. good game. It's not my kind should. of game. So Chris can... It's very short. Chris can stop bugging me about it. Mm. What did I do? You keep bugging I'm me to play Chris's Undertale. Side. Yeah, you should. No, it's I, a very good game. I, I've been I, listen, watching. Just chill out, play Undertale. It's fine. You got some time. You ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I've been watching Floofy play it, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not good enough to play this. No, no, you are. You are. It looks harder than it is. Everybody's good enough to play it. Yeah. Well, look in... at look at the quality of person who comments about their fandom of Undertale. You know they're not good at games. You can do this, Anna. <laughs> yeah, listen, she's listening. She's like, I can't counter that. <laughs> All right, it's time for the news. All right. <laughs> I was Peter, like, were you trying to do on? it while you're muted? <laughs> I was duding while I was muted. Duding, muting, muting, duding. I did it in spirit. <laughs> Uh, all right uh new world uh which is that mmo by amazon game studios uh they announced that uh it's been delayed oh so it was initially supposed to come out um what this month no next month it was originally slated for may May 2020 um but amazon announced the ongoing covid19 pandemic has slowed down development so they have moved it um from may to August. Uh, August 25th, 2020, and they're going to have a open beta around the end of July. So no firm date for that. Um, but they did announce um, new information about um, PVE events called Invasions. Um, and in case you're like, I don't remember what the hell New World is. New World is in, set in an alternative 1600s where players control colonists of the Eternum, a land filled with supernatural creatures. And you will fight against the forces of nature and each other to lay claim to new land. Um, I can't decide if I want to play this or not. Because it sounds like it's really PvP heavy. And I'm just like, eh. Um, 19... I don't have enough room in my life for another MMO, unfortunately. There's a Lord British MMO. I realized this during the show last week, or was it two weeks ago? Like, what the heck is going on with that, and why doesn't anyone know what's going on with it? Like, how are there MMOs that are existing and nobody talks about them, and they stay in business? I don't understand anything. I keep getting emails now because RF Online is relaunching. Oh, no. Which... No, we don't need that. That can just go. Oh, <laughs> but that's fine. We don't... That's cute, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's relaunching on the original version as well. The game... And the... Yeah, it's what? weird. Why? I don't know. 
<laughs> as long as we're all confused equally. <sighs> Shroud of the Avatar is the Lord British one, by the way. And I know we talked about it a little bit. Like, I just, I'm in, I'm really thinking about playing it because it's free to play. But I know I'm not going to want to play it. I just want somebody else to play it and tell me it's okay that it's terrible or something. My dilemma right, anyway, is, is I ahead. feel like I don't have room for MMOs at all in my life anymore because there's so many single player games and I want to play them all. But you can't play them all. Log. And there are new games that come out and I want to review them and just I just I don't have time for MMOs anymore in the way that I used to. When I wasn't making editorial content, I had time. Oh, it's because you're reviewing things all the time now. Yeah. So stop reviewing things again. Ah, see, you're making a choice, and it's okay. I am. You chose what you wanted. That's good. I mean, I'm not regretting. You know what else you should choose? You should choose to finally buy a Switch Lite so we can hack a Switch. (laughs) That's what you should choose. They're like all sold out, aren't they? Oh, they probably are. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I mean, the OG Switches are definitely sold out. They're not anywhere. In fact, they're going for like five hundred dollars on eBay right now. People are making their own Wait, switches. Five hundred dollars. That's like seven Animal Crossing cards, Anna. <laughs> we can make this happen. <laughs> COVID trading. COVID two thousand trading. Oh boy. I I. It's not that I wasn't washing my hands fairly regularly before all of this happened. You weren't. But I have cuts on my hand that are no longer healing because yeah. I'm washing them so much. Well, you need to be putting more moisturizer on. I know. She's literally, showing me a bottle of moisturizer. Literally putting moisturizer no. on during Anna, the podcast. That's a foot cream. That's your problem. Um, Stop Chris, using the foot cream. Moisturizer. Chris, it says hands on Great it, for knees, elbows, and rough hands too. All right, fine. Only rough hands. Your hands are too too delicate. What the hell? <laughs> I'm thinking of upgrading my Switch grip to the new version oh. since we're stuck inside anyway. See, I have the Hori pads, so. You like the Hori pads, huh? Yeah, because I can set it to turbo so it makes stuff like hitting the money rock every day or gathering up all the fruit. Just oh, I hadn't thought about it. that. That's a good point. Yeah. I, um, but I, I just, find the Hori pads to be a little wider than I like is all. So I got to think about oh. this. Yeah, but your grippy thing is wide as hell. Nowhere near as wide as the Hori pad. Really? Uh, yeah, especially oh on the left side. I have to take those. I have to. You take... have to take the pad off because it moves you too far away on the right side, right? Yeah it it makes my elbow hurt. Um, the only sucky thing is that the Hori pad doesn't have NFC, so I have to go dig out my uh, pro controller to read amiibo cards. Amiibo. Of course, Hori pad is technically a wired controller for the switch for twenty dollars with no with no uh rumble so we need to say the right thing here um, um the hell are those i'm called? doing the De- demon x machina one split pad pro that's what yeah. it's called the hori split pad pro <sighs> there's too many things for the switch but no you want to buy another one yes <laughs> what color <laughs> what color <laughs> No, Hannah, they don't have options. It's black. <laughs> what do you mean, what color? What you, no. The Switch Lite? Oh, you want to switch light. Okay. That's what you suggested! Yeah, but then we then we started talking about a new grip for my Switch. Oh, 
for me to use while I'm laying on the couch with my cat sitting on top of my leg so I can't move anywhere. And Jeannie hissing at you? And Jeannie hissing at me from across the room, and I I'm, I'm have to pretend I can't see anything. <laughs> this is my life. This is your life, meow. Mm. You got it. <laughs> 1971 Project Helios um, has a release date. Um, this is a dystopian world ravaged by extreme cold, and you control a group of eight characters searching Ooh. for a kidnapped scientist. Um, you fight against three different factions, and it's like XCOMI. Anyways, yeah. um, 1971 Project Helios releases on June 9th, 2020 for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It's a digital title. No physical plant. Um, speaking of XCOM. Speaking XCOM, of XCOM-y. <laughs> XCOM Chimera Squad has been announced. And there was today, a shock. <laughs> I, I, was, I was today years old when I discovered that there is a fan art community for these snake ladies and it is wow. Oh, you're you're just discovering that? Yeah, that's a big there's, deal now. There's, there's I mean, there's always a fan art for snake ladies, Anna. That's Yeah, I so I didn't know until Welcome to the internet. Like there's today when everything. I was researching these stories that there are snake ladies in XCOM and it's an entire yep. race of only snake ladies except for the Snake King, which is a snake lady that somehow becomes king and turns into a boy. Well, it's it's that thing like frogs do. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I I get what you're going for there, but it's snakes. Also, it's XCOM. The in the new XCOM, everything's been genetically engineered by alien masters. So just it's it just doesn't mean it. anything, you know. It's just like okay, whatever. That's what they have. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, the XCOM Chimera Squad is a sequel to XCOM Two, coming to PC via Steam on April twenty fourth. Um, if you the, purchase it, the, the big thing is the price. Yeah. If you purchase it before May 1st, it's 10 bucks. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, after that, it'll go up to the regular price of $20, which is still cheap. Yeah. No kidding. Like I, I know this is supposed to be like a shorter game. I think they were saying is like in the realm of like, you know, 15 to 20 hours, probably maybe even a little shorter than that. But still, it seems like that's kind of low. Like you could probably get more, you know, like I would have thought at least 30 bucks for it. Right. So cheap. It looks good. It, it, it's a different take on XCOM. So this time it's not going to be like you uh, pick your entire cast and then there, you know, there's permadeath and you, you know, like uh, write out your friends or presidents or whatever. Like it has more of a set cast. And it's going to be a mix of both humans and aliens. This is set like, what, like five years after XCOM 2? So the humans and the the remaining aliens are kind of like working together to live together on Earth. And so it's going to be a bit more like, uh, instead there's not going to be permadeath. Basically, if one of your characters dies in battle, it's going to be just a game over. So you have to like get to anyone who gets mortally wounded and make sure you uh you save them before they bleed out wow so you actually have to get good in this yeah well you always had to get good because if you started losing lots of characters that you you went down the bad path pretty quick in the regular xcom but yeah it's like it's a slightly different different spin on xcom than the earlier games which sounds neat neato and i mean for 10 bucks like for 10 bucks man that that's crazy cheap and I mean, the permadeath is the thing that like 
kind of like and me away from the original game. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try this. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like it's a huge investment, so give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. So it's coming out really soon. It's like next week. So Next week, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so this is an interesting one because I... This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's so this is this has been like a really popular game in like that weeb community that follows like games that we think will never come out of Japan. Can we confirm that weeb is not a naughty word or anything? It's short for weeaboo. That's okay to say? Yes. Okay. I don't want to make sure we're not using weird slurs, you know. <laughs> it's just a term for like a really Japan obsessed person. I mean, like okay. it's kind of like otaku. Just confirming. That's I all. mean, at one point it was kind of derogatory, but I it's kind of been reclaimed as like, I don't think people care if they okay. get called weebs anymore. All right, all right, then continue on. It's kind of like being called a nerd. Mm-hmm. That used to be really yeah. insulting when I was a kid. You weren't allowed to call people nerds. Now I'm like, hell yeah, I'm a nerd. Nerd me up in here. Nerds have taken over culture. That's why. <laughs> Neo Tokyo is about to be taken over by nerds. I'm confused. What's going on? It's <laughs> not to display. What's going on? So, what's, so what's the news? What's the news? And Annika. What are those? Um, two of the main characters in the rhythm RPG Giraffe and Annika. What is what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Back up. Yep. Are these animal girls? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's yes. you said weeaboo already. All right, so we got that. And yeah. then um, there's must be fan art for them. Let's just put that out there, but we'll leave that right there and go no further. Yeah. All right. Next. Um, so this game was originally... You said rhythm RPG? It's a rhythm RPG. What does that mean? Um, when you get into... So most of the game is about exploring kind of like Zelda-like or maybe closer to Tunic where it's like it's semi-peaceful and there's not really combat until there's bosses. And when you beat the bosses, it's like DDR. So the, the music notes come towards you and you have to hit them when they cross the bar. Four buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's closer to Guitar Hero, but you get the idea. Um, and so this this was sort of a, a an almost out of nowhere announcement because this game was originally just PC, and it came and it was published by Playism. Oh. And Playism doesn't do console games. This looks like some sort of weird VR RPG. <laughs> and then kind of out of nowhere, <laughs> surprise, Nisa announced that they're putting it out on August 25th, 2020 on both PS4 and Switch. Yeah, okay. I hate to say it, but this is like right up my alley. I'm kind of watching the video and listening to the description and I'm like, oh it's, God, I'm going to get it. So here's my <laughs> dilemma. This is, so Nisa publishes games in one of two ways. One, they put out a physical um, game, and that goes out to stores. So you can buy it at, like, Best Buy. And then they have a collector's edition, and you can buy it digitally. And when that happens, all of the, the physical game and the digital game are the same price. The collector's edition is slightly more. This is a game that is only going to have a collector's edition. It's 50 bucks, And it's, like, a, a mini CD and an art book and some tchotchkes. Um, some patches, but there's going to be no physical game beyond that. So it means the digital game is going to be less. 
So $39.99, $34.99. And it's like, this is the kind of game that I know I'm only, I'm going to play it once, I'm going to play it through, and then I'm going to be done, so I should give it away to somebody. I can't do that if there's only a collector's edition. Or it's more expensive for me to do that if there's only a collector's edition. So it's like, ugh, I don't know what to do. Play the game wait and stop worrying sale? about it? Or wait for a sale. Get a review code? Because NIS <gasps> stuff goes on sale all the what, time. What did I just say? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he just gave you a review. You need to finish that first. I know, I know. Yeah. I think he needs me. I, I mean, think you're so he, slow at submitting reviews. Anna. Before you he really gives me are. anything else, I have to finish. Um, Rune Factory 5? No. It's Rune Factory 4 Special. Good try. Well, whatever. I have to finish um, Snack World. Oh, you didn't oh, finish wow. Snack World? No. Oh, Anna. Can you blame her? Go to the other world room. I, I think Go. that's your review right there. <laughs> It's not going to be a Snack movie. World colon, can you blame me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear about the colon expansion to Snack World. That sounds bad. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm at the final chapter because when the king gave me the assignment, he's like, this is the last thing I'll ever ask you to do. It's your final challenge. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. So I probably just need to go in and plow it and, and finish. Just the, rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's one of those games where I'm frustrated because I can see the potential and the the sum of the parts is not the the whole is not greater than the sum of the parts. The whole is less than the sum of the parts. So. Or are you afraid that it's not the actual final challenge and they they're gonna pat it like games like that tend to do and you're just gonna be like oh. that is definitely on my mind. All right, well, at least find out it does it before yes, you so. give up. Back to news, um, crumbling world is now in beta. Um, you can download the beta from somewhere. <laughs> this actually doesn't tell me if it's a Steam game or not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Crumbling World is an RPG with procedurally generated dungeons where humanity has been corrupted and the world is dying. Um, there are seven playable characters, five classes to customize each with, um, and their skills and upgrades. There are 40 enemy types to battle against in real-time combat and three difficulty settings to choose from. So if you're interested in checking it out prior to its full release on May 21st, 2020, um, you can figure out where the beta is because our story is. It is on Steam. Okay. Maybe other places, but it is on Steam. Okay. Hey, um... There was an update on Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Um, Nintendo has confirmed that the new Future Connected epilogue episode included in Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition will be immediately accessible. So you it definitely makes me much more interested in picking it up, right? Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to play that hundred plus hour game again just to get to the epilogue, right? So if you're interested in just playing the epilogue, you will be able to. Um, oh, we got features. Oh my gosh, guys, so much editorial content this week. It was awesome seeing it all. All right. So, um, we have kicked off our RP gamers, RPG of the decade feature. Yay. Yay. 
Um, so this started yesterday on April 17th, 2020. And it will be ongoing for the next week. So every day we're going to be putting out a chunk of new content. And you can actually see the schedule on the uh, RPG, RPGs of the Decade introduction page. So it's basically three people a day with their RPGs of the Decade and then our top X amount of RPGs. So please be excited. Please be excited. And uh, yeah. So, and a big shout out to Alex who had to coordinate all of this. Thank you, Alex. We love you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> and right. thank you, Alex. And uh, I think Alex is EOTM for April. <laughs> Mm, yeah. He's not eligible. <laughs> we'll buy him something anyways. Yeah. Alright, speaking of Alex, Alex, you reviewed Final Fantasy VII Remake. I did. What'd you think of it? It's quite good. Ooh, oh, oh, you must have gotten hate mail over this. You didn't give it five out of five. What? Oh, four and a half you, out of five. You're telling me that it wasn't well, pure right, perfection? We, we got hate mail, but we're not quite sure what it what point it was trying what to they, make? What that complaint was, yeah. <laughs> oh, please, please forward it to me. That's like, that's like my experience with before the remake came out and people trying to defend why they loved Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, you're not really giving me a point here. What What is it that you love so much about it? And they're just like, it's just good. It's so well, that, good. That, that was an issue. The point was we couldn't tell if they wanted to be scored higher or lower. Oh, <laughs> <It's> even <laughs> better. Peter, on behalf of all Final Fantasy fans, I apologize. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. They've only just ruined the OG game for me forever, but, you know, the remake came and fixed that. I mean, I love the game more than anything. I don't get why people feel like they need to defend it like it's their mom or something. Yeah. Like, it's just I don't defend my mom like that. Yeah. If Final Fantasy VII is your mom, she's pretty ugly. Oh, Chris, that's my mom. No, it's not. I, you're too beautiful for that to be your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's called a pivot. Nice yeah. save. Yeah. All right, carrying that. on. <laughs> we had so many reviews this week. Uh, Gaijin wrote a Tales of Innocence review for like the original Japanese release on the DS. So if you're interested... Original, D- original DS version, yeah. it's Even the V's version is still Japanese only. So. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, the yep. screenshots are so tiny. Our thing doesn't <laughs> yeah, we know were what to talking about, about that on on the Discord. It's <laughs> like broken. how do these fit? They don't fit properly. I, don't, I, I changed it so they're double size, so at least it's expanded them in a sensible way. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Um, well, what's the and... original DS? Was it like 320 by 240 no, it's, or something no, it's like less, that? It's less than that. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, it's like 220 it's too... by. Yeah. I mean, even the Wii screenshots look pretty bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> the we, Wii just upscaled from We used to make the screenshots and reviews. Oh, 248 by 186. So small. And you had to click on them and open them in a new browser to get mm. a Big bigger ones? version of yeah. it. Because there was no way to make them nice looking in reviews. 
right. Hey, at least we can pull our own screenshots out of games now. Do you know how hard that was when it was like a Game Boy Advance game? How do you get these out of the DS then? Oh, all right. Oh, these are just supplied by. Those are probably press kit ones. Those ones are Famitsu ones. These are okay. I was gonna say we have we we went into the archives. We found the archive the press release kit we got from nineteen ninety seven. I'm pretty sure guys would have got those from this. Yeah, old his old articles. That's how long Gaijin's been here. All right, uh, we got a Sunless Skies review, and I still can't decide if I want to play this. <sighs> oh my gosh, Anna, we have the old one, the first ones. Play it for like 10 minutes and decide. This is not that hard at this point. Yeah, but this one is more refined than the oh, older it ones. It doesn't matter. And it's less scary, apparently. Oh, goodness. You can honk your horn at Ornery Space Fungus. Honk All right, I'm, I'm on board. Let's do this. <laughs> uh... Jooms, hey, Jooms finally reviewed a game that didn't. Oh no, Jooms what? reviewed Sway, the Argus Adventures. What? Oh, it's he bad. didn't like it very he much. Like it. No, <laughs> Jooms, we agree with though, right? Yeah, yeah. He just gets Jooms all the bad reviews games. all the terrible games because oh, he's the one that actually is willing to stick them out. Well, I think someone on the podcast disagrees, but <laughs> some what? of us do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I, I totally. I I I understand where he's coming from, though. That game definitely has a lot of rough edges. It is like a twenty-year-old game at this point. Yeah, it doesn't age well, is what I hear, even from people that do like it. Very good localization that that's tied to you know not the greatest Falcom combat system. Josh, did you review which two? <laughs> Uh yeah, 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 I did the Witch and Hunter and I too. I see. I see why you're you're painstakingly like <laughs> I, I think I, we gave him EOTM that month, so you know, he got something yeah. out of it at least. Good good for you. You deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> um we got a ring fit review. Actually people have been asking for this on Twitter. Alright, well there for, it is. For like a few and months you can't now. Buy it. <laughs> You can't buy it. But yeah, uh, we've had a few tweets since kind of everybody got locked down that was like, hey, you guys never reviewed Ring Fit. And it's like, you're right, because it's kind of a hard game to review. Um, And I think we only have like three or four people on staff that have it, and none of them are reviewers. You have it. You're a reviewer. It's it's not a game that you can just finish in a weekend. Right. And that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, you got to get swole and then review it. If well, and you here's... can finish that in a weekend, you don't need that game. <laughs> here's my favorite part is the review title is now every day is like day. Yeah. <laughs> so Pascal did the review. He definitely liked it. Four to five. Go and check out why he liked it. Um, and then. We had one last piece of editorial content. Um, Sam played Wide Ocean Big Jacket, which is a graphic adventure novel um, that kind of follows two people on an island. No, uh, four people on an island. Yeah, summer camping trip. So it's pretty short, so I don't want to spoil what's in it. Um, but yeah, if you like... Uh, if you like basically short um, choose-your-own-adventure novels, it sounds like it's kind of up your alley. So that's editorial block done. 
we have a few briefs, so I'm going to run through these really fast. Um, Perfect World has announced the first premium DLC for Remnant from the Ashes called Swamps of Corsus, and that will be coming out April 28th, 2020. Um, Mary Skelter is getting more physical copies. Limited Run Games is going to be doing a second batch um, uh, right now. And the first batch sold out back in November. So if you're interested in getting a physical copy, do so now. Fantasy Star 2 has an official release date in North America. It is coming to PC um, on May 2020. Um, and uh, the Xbox version has officially launched. So get on that. Arborea is coming to Steam Early Access in May, which is a... Um, Action roguelike. Thank you. Action roguelike. Um, and it is coming to the early access program on May 7th. And last but not least, Wintermore Tactics Club is launching for PC in May. So you'll be, a get it, be able to get it um, PC via Steam on May 5th, 2020 with the PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch versions coming later this year. <sighs> I'm going to be playing that very shortly. All right. And so last but not least and definitely weirdest of the week. Um... So there's been some drama around a Cooking Mama game that just came out. What in the world? That's not an RPG. <laughs> it isn't, but I still want to talk about it because it's weird. Okay. So the game is called Cooking Mama Cookstar. And this got announced last year and we kind of made fun of it on the podcast because the press release talked about how the game was going to utilize the blockchain. <laughs> it was just full of buzzwordy blockchain. It was so stuff. buzzwordy, and the I think the other thing we made fun of is the fact that they said there were going to be new unicorn recipes, and there was no context <laughs> to what the hell that meant. That meant. So mysteriously, last weekend, so uh, like a week ago Friday, it got pulled from the eShop. No, no sort of context as to why, and then. The day after that happened, there was this sort of rumor that hit Twitter that it was like the reason that Cooking Mama Cookstar got pulled from the eShop is because it's mining cryptocurrency on your Nintendo Switch. And that's why when you play the game, it crazy overheats your machine and like makes it shut down because it gets too hot and you should delete it from your card and pitch your Nintendo Switch out the window and boil your memory card. And you know, It's the only way to be sure. It's the only way to be sure. It was great because there was all of these like ridiculous solutions to like getting the game off of your system and ensuring that it cooled down properly, blah, 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 blah. And it like within 48 hours that had been completely debunked. And no, there's no cryptocurrency mining going on in the game. It's just that badly optimized that it overheats <laughs> systems. <laughs> and then the reviews started coming in. And like at the moment it's sitting at 0% recommended on open critic with a 40% rating. Metacritic, I think, might be in the 50s at the moment. It's just bad. So immediately after that happens, the price goes through the roof on the secondhand market. And it sells out at GameStop. It sells out. Wait, at why, the, why does it go through the roof? Because, because people bad? are suddenly people interested in it. In a bad game. Yeah. Remember? Right. Remember? How what does through the roof mean in this case? Over $100. Oh, goodness. The prices. So two Animal Crossing cards. Got it. Yeah, so the price on the on the secondhand market all of a sudden went through the roof, and it sold out at GameStop. It sold out on the Cooking Mama website. It sold out like on Amazon. Everywhere. It's sixty four dollars on eBay right now. Okay, but 
but wasn't Brand it a thirty dollar game? U.S. stock on hand. Oh, who cares about that? It's under hundred bucks. Is my point. Okay. Brand new sold. Yeah. The, yeah, the original price was forty dollars. So I guess it the price has lowered a little bit since this insanity <laughs> began. Um, and so here's the thing: is is after that weekend, do you want it? No. Okay. <laughs> the publisher comes out and confirms that there's no cryptocurrency mining in it. That that was just buzzwords that they used in the press release by a guy. No, a guy no. They who, said they looked at it f- in terms of doing trading with other players, but only the concepts, not the implementation, and thus the and ultimately decided not to use it. And there is no cryptocurrency in past or near future games. And <laughs> they also reiterated that they are going to put out the PS4 version next month. And then well, maybe not so much now. <laughs> on like yesterday or the day before, so 16th or 17th of April, the IP holder for Cooking Mama comes out and says, "Hey, this Cooking Mama Cookstar game is hot garbage." And we are very upset with the people that made it and the publisher, and we are planning to pursue legal action. Like they they the podcast we were listening to on this earlier was like they were contractually obligated to fix things that we told them to fix and they didn't and we've ordered them not to have the game on and they're publishing it anyway. Well, right? and here's the crazy thing is, is one of the things that the original statement that the um, IP holder put out said, we only license them for the Switch version and oh. we don't know why they're putting out a PS4 version. <laughs> And even better is, very quickly, a rumor started circulating that they actually didn't have the license when they put out the press release, and that that was to put pressure on the Cooking Star IP holder to actually let them put out the game. Oh, and by the way, through all of this, the, um, uh, the actual developer... First playable production. The publisher has, like, has said they're fully within its right to keep. Yeah, no, 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 it. no. We we haven't gotten there. Oh yet. no! The developer first player public productions has kind of disappeared. They're oh. like they they have like started to lay low, and they have no comment on any of this stuff. And I couldn't even find their Twitter when I went looking for it this morning. So uh, to counter the IP holder, within like hours within like maybe three or four hours of this ip holder saying we're going to sue them planet entertainment who's the publisher says screw you guys the game is great we have so much positive feedback we're putting out the ps4 game and there's no current legal action against us can i read the okay first of all that you've you've misparaphrased that so let me let me read it because they gave it to us and i love reading statements planet entertainment's what it says at the top planet entertainment wants to explain the mystery surrounding the nintendo switch game to all cooking mama cookstar fans I think there's three or four of them, right? Office Create, the rights holders to Cooking Mama, approved a detailed game design in 2019. First Playable, the game developer, and Planet followed the exact approved design. That design is the exact game on Nintendo Switch, which also includes many additional Office Create suggestions, which add gameplay value. Um, that can't be the case, because then it wouldn't 
be the exact game design, but whatever. Unfortunately, <laughs> creative differences arose as Cooking Mama Cookstar was near completion that were outside the scope of our agreement and the game design approved by Office Create. By contract, Planet is fully within its rights to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar. There is no active litigation or ruling that prevents pu- Planet from publishing the game, which is to say, well, <laughs> there's no lawsuit yet, so we're going to keep going. Cooking Mama fans have been very enthusiastic about Cooking Mama Cookstar, including the many new features, including vegetarian and unicorn food, potluck party, plus more. There's some weird punctuation in that sentence. What the hell is unicorn food? We appreciate the overwhelming positive response and support from Cooking Mama Cookstar fans. Office Create has our total respect. We thank them for their wisdom and wish them well. (laughs) But we aren't going to abide by their wishes. (laughs) Is that food for unicorns? I don't know. Unicorn is capitalized. I like this. One or both of these companies need better lawyers, someone says on Twitter. <laughs> That's probably not inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, so, um... Are there any further updates, Anna? Nope, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's two days ago. That's, that's three days so ago. so weird. <laughs> it's just now we're in limbo while the lawsuits happen, I guess. Yeah, it's just, I mean, if you want Cooking Mama Cookstar, you, you better pick up a copy ASAP because that's going to disappear. Is there, like, where do I hear from the uh, rights holder? Do they have a thing? Yeah. Um, oh, they have a what? Oh, okay. Here yeah, we go. so Cooking oh, Mama shoot. on Twitter. No, the, that's the that's the publisher. So this is the, the rights holder, Office Create. They have a website. It just has important notice underscore en dot html. We would like to thank our fans and customers for their... They need a different voice, and this is what I came up with. For their support over the years for the Cooking Mama franchise. As many of you know, Planet Entertainment LLC, headquarters Connecticut, USA, quote, Planet, unquote, recently released Cooking Mama Cookstar for sale in the U.S., Europe, and Australia. This was an unauthorized release in breach of Planet's contract with Office Create. In August 2018, Office Create licensed Planet to develop the Cooking Mama Cookstar game for Nintendo Switch. Unfortunately, the quality of the game builds failed to meet the standards that our customers expect and deserve. Office Create rejected a wide range of deficiencies affecting the overall feel, quality, and content of the game. Yet despite being contractually obligated to correct the identified deficiencies and resubmit the corrected game for Office Create's approval, Planet proceeded to release Cooking Mama Cookstar without addressing all of the rejections and without Office Create's approval. We have also learned that Planet and or its European distributor has been promoting an upcoming European release of a PS4 version of Cooking Mama Cookstar. Office Create has not licensed Planet or any other entity to create any Cooking Mama games for PS4. Office Create itself has not been involved in the development of any PS4 Cooking Mama game. On March 30th, 2020, Office Create notified Planet of its immediate termination of the license due to Planet's intentional material breach of the license contract. Despite 
such notice, Planet continues to advertise and sell the unauthorized version of Cooking Mama Cookstar on its website in willful violation of Office Create's rights. To date, Planet has not confirmed the status of the unauthorized PS4 version. Office Create is evaluating all legal action against Planet to protect our customers, intellectual property rights, and the Cooking Mama series. In the meantime, we thank our customers and loyal Cooking Mama fans for their continued support and sincerely regret any confusion and disappointment that has been caused by Planet's conduct. Sorry, yeah. I just, I just Sorry. had fun reading that. That's, I that's a weird, weird, weird... And I mean, the <laughs> immediate an immediate cancellation of a game for a breach of contract, that happens, but it normally happens before the game is even announced. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the just voice. I'm flabbergasted. I'm just still flabbergasted that Chris's Skeletor read. Is that what that, that was? All right. <laughs> I was thinking that's, that's Frank sounded saw like. it that was from epic. Phoenix Wright, but yeah. I'm not really sure what voice I was going for. I was thinking 60s Batman villain. Mm. That's fitting, too. All right. Um, I made them the villain. They're the kind of the hero. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's their <laughs> rights that are being violated. Uh, I I think it's time for a question of the week. What game not named Cyberpunk is your most anticipated 2020 release? You know, I know what it is. It's a Monty Python voice reflected through... Um, the scientist in Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory who's arguing with the computer. That's what it there is. You go. It's a combination of those two. <laughs> it's uh, the you have, Tim. You have the, a little bit of the monarch in there too. Which monarch? The Venture Brothers monarch. But, yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know that. I'll have to look at that. He's very King George when he does that voice. Mm. Yeah, so, oh, sorry. What's our question? What game not named Cyberpunk is your most anticipated 2020 release? I know mine. Week? I know what mine. Is it? What is Boyfriend it? Dungeon. Oh. <laughs> I want to date my sword. It already came out. What? what? Final Fantasy VII. Oh. I need to look at the release list. <laughs> oh. well, well, the correct answer is Yakuza Like a Dragon. That that is the most anticipated twenty twenty. Why is your screen oh, fuzzy? The the Switch Trails of Cold Steel three. That's mine. Oh, Trails of Cold Steel four is now. Mm. Yeah, Trails of Cold Steel four. Xenoblade, of course, but that's cheating. I don't know. I have to wait for the podcast to catch up. Okay. Uh, the reason is uh, seven twenty from a ten eighty p, and it's all text. It looks blurry. Gotcha. Sorry. Live stream commentary. So, wait, did Alex say football manager? No. no. Okay. No. I must he have. said Xenoblade. 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 I totally, in, wow, I just inherit. I made yeah. up a and, narrative And Charles of Coastal 4. Can it, can it be football manager 2021? <laughs> I don't I don't know that I have one. I think all of my big pre-orders were done. I'm going to need some... Uh, I need a list of what's coming out. Let's look at this Game Informer list. So, Isn't everything pushed back? We don't even know what's coming out this year. Uh, September, yeah. Cyberpunk, but we're not count, not allowed to pick Cyberpunk. Um, mm, yeah. 
Legend of Heroes Cold Steel 3 on the Switch? Not for me, but that could be someone. Me! In fact, I sent Alex a message when that got announced. And I think it was something along the lines of, I will deathmatch anybody for that code. Yeah, and you'll lose. What? You're not the Tales reviewer. Mm. You need them all reviewed by the same voice, don't we? No? Ugh. All right. All right. Other things that are not announced. Uh, uh, Bravely Default 2 might come out this year. Yeah, it's mm, got it's a 2020 yes. release date. Uh, let's see. I like Cyberpunk 2077 is also in the not announced date list, even though it has a date, but whatever. Well, it's it got mistake. pushed. It's yeah. a little vague now. Disco Elysium's out. Um, but not on the Switch. Okay. They got announced for the Switch, and I'm really happy. So that could be one. Uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads. I know all of you are anticipating. Yeah. So if you want to provide Ooh, an answer. What about Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, Anna? A bucket party? Yeah. Ooh, I think that, that's not my game of the year. I think it'll be fun. But you're going to make me carry the bucket. Yeah, I am. If you want to provide feedback. Can we play with Kelly, too? Oh, she's volunteering for bucket duty. Yeah, I think Peter volunteered for bucket duty once. What about World of Warcraft Shadowlands? Yes. No. I'm all for carrying the bucket. No? You're not excited for Shadowlands? I'm not. (gasps) That could be mine. That could be. If it comes out this year. And they make it good. Yeah. (laughs) Which both things are questionable at the moment. All right. Submit your uh, submit your answer. Yeah. So if you want to answer the question of the week, which is what game not named Cyberpunk is your most anticipated 2020 release? There's lots of ways to do so. Um, one, you can go to rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast thread, slap down your reply there. We always like that. Um, number two, podcast at rpgamer.com. Um, and I need to check the junk mail folder because I think an email landed there. Um, you can call or text us. Um, that's 608-729-4098. Um, and Hey, if you want to be like Vaughn and Peter (laughs) and lots of other people, you can join us uh, live at noon Eastern 9 a.m. Pacific every Saturday morning at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. If you give us a follow, you can get notified when we're live. I need to tell you what's coming out next week. (laughs) First off. Cloudpunk on PC. I don't know what that is. What is Cloudpunk, Anna? Do we know? No? Okay. Oh, look at this. Cloudpunk. It's oh, it's this it's the off-brand cyberpunk game. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear about how this turns out. All right. Uh follow add to wish list just so it, no. How about not on the wish list? Oh, it's so hard to take things off your wish list on Steam. All right. Dragon Marked for Death is getting its PC release. It's already been on consoles for a bit. Legends of Amberland, The Forgotten Crowned. What is that? That's a long title. That feels like a Chemco game. Yeah. Oh, it's... That, 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 that's a proper retro-looking it's thing. A, yeah, it's oh, an old-school retro first-person... is yeah. going to play, yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah. Right. Pong Quest. What? Uh, I feel like I heard about Pong Quest. Yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. put it out of ago. my brain because what? So this is Pong the RPG? Yes. Except it just looks like Pong. Yes. Oh, this is going to be weird. Yeah. Is this Devolver? No. No, it's Atari, isn't it? Yeah. Doing something weird. Oh, do I need a speaker helmet this to was, play this? This was the one that I thought was an April Fool's joke, and when it turned out to be legit, I was like, what? All right. Sunless Sea, the thing you were talking about, Anna, is coming mm-hmm. to Switch this week. Yep. 
Okay, okay. So we talked about Secret of Mana earlier. I forgot about this happening. Now I need a completely revised opinion from you all. Trial of Mana's 3D remake is coming out this week for PC, PS4, and Switch. I really liked the demo that I played at PAX. Is this what I should play instead of Secret of Mana, Secret of Mana's remake, or Trials of Mana original version? Well, here is the dilemma. Is I kind of don't want you to buy this right away because mm-hmm. we're almost done Persona. Yeah. And when I'm done Persona, you're going to play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And? If you're playing Final Fantasy VII, you're not going to be playing anything on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And? So don't buy this yet. Oh, it's okay. It's going to go oh, on right, sale right, by right. the time you want to play no, it. No, it's a Square Enix game. It won't go on sale. Uh, Square Enix games go on sale all the time. All right, fine. Yes, they, they do. They just don't go on sale low. Oh. So it'll be $5 off physical only. Yeah. But I mean, don't forget that I got the collection of mana for like $17 last year. You did. That's true. So, you know, I, I the price is going to be higher than I think we're going to want to really pay for it. But it it's still going to be cheaper than 60 bucks at some point. And then if you want to Mac, the, the Snake Ladies XCOM Chimera Squad hits PC this week as well. And there's two other ones that I pulled out. <laughs> um, Pixel Cross Adventures is a um, Picross RPG that's coming out this week and I, I saw this one and I had to talk about it. OMG Police Car Chase TV Simulator. And here's the description. This is an action game where you run away from the police while being part of Chase TV News. Choose one of two powerful locations Los Angeles and Area 51 Military Base in Nevada. Bracket. Watch out for UFOs. End bracket. Your task is to survive as long as possible, and while escaping, you can collect hundreds of thousands of dollars, which are scattered around different locations. I don't even know what to make of that. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? This looks terrible. (laughs) That is the actual description from the game page. Is there a video or anything? Yep. Is this yeah, just GTA, looks... run into things and get cash? $5. It, yeah, all right. It, uh, no. yeah, boy. So go play yeah. Good Job or the other game that it seems similar to instead. It, he's, he's driving through police cars. What is there no hit detection? Uh, they weird. obviously did not use hit detection before finishing making this game. Otherwise, it would be yeah. better. Yeah. All right. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> what's pixel cross adventure Did it's a cross rpg are you playing that this week i well i have How, it's a pix wait it's a cross rpg and you're gonna sit here and tell me you're not gonna play it i mean i am gonna play it but remember i have Picross lords of nazarak that i never finished and yeah. i should finish that before i buy another but this one has game. cute pixel graphics and it i'm i'm frustrated because Picross s2 and s3 are finally on sale for the first time but i have Picross lord of nazareth that i haven't finished and i don't want to get more things for my backlog Ah! Is this coming to Switch or is it PC only? No, Pixel is coming to Switch this week. Oh, okay. I am still trying to get through Voxelgram, which is basically the spiritual successor to Picross 3D. Oh, Mom, that's that's only $10. And it's on PC and Switch. Oh, my gosh. Anna, look at this. Oh, Voxelgram? Yeah. Voxelgram? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a basically demo. Picross 3D. It's Picross 3D. Oh, interesting. Look at it. See, here's and the that number. That is Picross more... 3D. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot more forgiving than Picross 3D and that if you miss, it doesn't, like, kick you out of the game. Oh, I hate it. Just it just says, hey, you missed. 
Huh. But it, it's also pretty challenging, especially I've with not. Seeing a lot of green balls. blocks there, Anna might not like that. Well, the numbers are what's more relevant to me. Yeah. It depends on if there's the both numbers, green and red and yellow in, in the same level. Um, the numbers can get a little bit hard to see in some of the larger puzzles. But that's a fun game. <clears throat> All right. I think that's everything. What are you guys going to be playing this week? Alex? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, Peter? I will be playing more Final Fantasy VII and uh, Secret of Mana. All right. Josh? More Sakura Wars! Uh, Kelly? Um, I gotta finish Final Fantasy VII. And Chris? I'm apparently going to play XCOM Chimera Squad. This looks amazing. I didn't hear about it at all. You're going to mack it on the lady snakes? Yeah. Well, no. You. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to continue playing Persona 5 Royal. I mean, My... Does she have a good personality? My goal for this weekend is to get through all of the original content. So I figure if we play 20 hours this weekend, we might get really no, close. we won't. Well, I'm going to give it a going. good try. We'll never be free. I this is all we play. <laughs> Chris is also going to be playing Fantasy Star Online too. No, I am not playing Fantasy. I have no interest in it. I've tried, Peter. I downloaded it. I booted it up. I was on the character create. I'm like, I just don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm not playing games with you anymore. You know what? What? Crystal Chronicles <laughs> comes out. And I'm playing with Anna. Why? Why aren't you playing with me? Because no, I don't want to play PSO two. You, you don't play none of the games. I don't play none of the games. What does that <laughs> <Yes>. mean? <laughs> you Are you punishing me for not playing this game specifically because I have access to it and you don't and you're jealous? Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's exactly Do you it. just need an Xbox One? Because there's a new one coming out at the end of the year and then you can have all the f- options. No. No. I'll just wait it's for like, PC. No. Just... All right. Should have been everybody. PC first. <laughs> See you next Thanks. week. <sighs> bye bye. Right. Oh, bye bye. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 Where's that button?